Rusty Quill presents. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to thank everyone who gave us a listen and followed us through our opening week. We greatly appreciate all of you and we'll do our best to keep you entertained, engaged, and maybe teach you something along the way. While you're here, why don't you follow the at Wireland underscore Ranch Twitter account for show notes, updates, and announcements. We post any videos we may release on both YouTube and in shorter form over on TikTok, and you can just search Wireland Ranch on either of those platforms. And as always, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Wireland Ranch, where you will receive all the behind-the-scenes stuff, live streams, concept art, and extra lore-based episodes. We hope to see you there, but for now, I think it may be time to introduce our narrator, and as always, we will see you round the bend. Actually, most of Ukraine woke up that way, um, and there's been more here since then. Judge yesterday in federal court saying, you know, yes, your honor, and yes, ma'am, in terms of understanding. Wireland Ranch in amalgamation. Friends, when we started digging, when we started bringing the fresh dirt up from the ground into huge piles of sifted soil, we did not know the series of events we would kick into motion. The devastation to our society that we would jumpstart, that would have stayed hidden and buried if we weren't so fucking curious. But the curse of curiosity is particularly human, and it exists as much now as it did back then, thousands of years ago before the Great Disaster the origins of which I have spent my life searching for. And now, sitting on the cusp of that discovery, that great and ultimately meaningless answer, I wish I could take it all back, but 
the cat is out of the bag, as they used to say, and there is no way to put it back inside. We found the first site by accident. After a massive and devastating explosion rose from under the earth, the village above was demolished, the homes and buildings that remained were left charred and unlivable. And that didn't matter much, because the people who lived there were, well, no longer alive to live in them. People in surrounding villages began to fall ill, and though the symptoms varied, the end result was the same. A horribly painful, but thankfully quick, death. For a long time after, the rest of our meager civilization avoided the area. And maybe, if we'd forgotten about it, if we'd just left well enough alone, we would not currently be where we are, but friends, you know how we do things. We seek and search and pillage and play with the boundaries until those boundaries look like finish lines, but the finish lines always lead to a new race. There are never enough answered questions. In my youth, the only thoughts I held dear were those of seeking out answers to those questions best left unasked. Had I not had an almost inhuman need to know, our lives would have continued on as normal our society would have kept chugging along in a primitive but well-intentioned state. But nothing ever stays sacred and nothing ever stays quiet. So nearly 20 years to the date of the explosion, I led a small team to the site of the devastation, a small village that was once called Dilia in our tongue. And before that, way back in history, it was called Blythe, California. And I must be honest here, I thought I was doing the world a favor. I thought, in the end, that I would be a hero to our people. I thought that if I found the answers from the old ones, that we would have a brighter future. Never in a million years did I think it would turn out like this. That, because of me, a sect of our people would be worshipping the great and venerable Capital One, or bending a knee to the goddess Wendy, daughter of Dave. Because of me, we now sacrifice our loved ones to the unbending will of Golden Arches, and had I known then what the old ones did to their heroes, heroism would have held far less stock in my mind. You see, the, the good men and women of days past, the people who tried to make things better, tried changing things in order to build a more equitable society, they were all killed. Assassinated, it was called. And if they were not assassinated, then something called a smear campaign would make it so they assassinated themselves, or went into hiding, or worse yet, imprisoned in these giant guarded fortresses where the old ones kept their poor people. In most cases, until they were dead, or so altered, they were less than shadows of their former selves. Only the terrible succeeded. They were called rich, and they lived in grand homes and beautiful places long since destroyed by an earth that had had just about enough. And if you strolled just outside of their grand mansions and glorious houses on palm tree-lined streets, you'd find a hundred people for every one of them that lived in tents or slept on benches and spent their days begging for something called money to stay alive. I recruited my team and we made the first trek into the ruins of Philia. When we arrived, tears began to well in our eyes at the sight of piles of ash littered with the bones of our countrymen, of great mounds of rubble and flattened hovels that once were their homes. Most of my team turned and left then. They could not stomach the scene, and neither could I really, but 
by then I had spent too much of my time to turn away. I had done too much research. I had too many questions that if I did not seek their answers, I may as well have assassinated myself. So the remaining people who stuck by my side, all three of them, were instructed to build a camp outside the perimeter and I made the first daring steps into the past alone. The village of Thilia was a bustling and beautiful affair in its time, a seat of trade and a popular destination for those who'd recently decided to share their lives with another and abandon the arduous attempt at solitary existence. I believe the old ones called this marriage, but their version was marred by bigotry and a strange religion that taught one thing in theory but became another in practice and rewarded those who preached hate far more than those who preached acceptance. From what I can tell, they thought in order for love to be real, it had to be between opposing genders rather than genuine connection. Yet another reason we should have left the past in the past. Once a year, Thilia had a huge festival that spread well outside the boundaries of the tiny village. To hear the elders tell it, people would come from far and wide to spend a week there celebrating the gift of gods once known as Soma, and now known as Illicit. Before I began searching, Soma was the foundation of our spiritual practice. The petals of the angel orchid would be placed in a burner in the center of the room and parishioners would sit silently breathing deep and slow until every mind melded into one and allowed them to experience the truth of consciousness, the truth of the interconnected spirit that exists within us all, that exists within everything. Now though, because of me, Soma is illegal and possession is punishable by death. The explosion that rocked the earth below Thilia occurred during one of these festivals and as I stepped through the burned and glassy paths once host to happy children and smiling parents, I could see why so much emphasis was placed on this event in my childhood. The festivities meant that the population of the village at the time was almost triple that of normal circumstances and thus sent waves of anger and confusion to every corner of our world, changing everything about our lives in ways that were unimaginable before. The Old Ones had a similar event on a very strange September day. As I approached the town, I could see the gate remained untouched. Bright pastel banners hung above the words long since weathered away, but welcoming nonetheless. Just above them, right inside, two bodies dangled by their feet, blackened and petrified. Steadily, the ground grew gray as I walked. Patches of grass became less frequent until there was no more, and the black dirt sounded like breaking glass beneath my feet. Bones sprawled and piled on top of one another as though they died mid-sprint and likely trampled one another as they fled the center of town. On the main street, inside the gate, I had to move bones aside with my feet to create a path. I moved gently, trying to be as respectful as possible to the dead, though when there are that many, death kinda loses its meaning. The bones were more a thing that were in my way rather than hundreds, maybe thousands of people who'd lost their lives. So I tried to keep that centered in my thoughts as I almost danced through the remains, feet landing where they had a free place to land and bouncing toward the next one. And I couldn't help thinking that I was doing a funky, and I do mean funky, funeral march through the bone zone. LOL.
The few buildings that survived, and survived is a loose term in this context, had images painted on the sides. The featureless outline of a man, black with spiraling purple designs fading in and out and on the face, nothing but two stark white holes where the eyes should be. Years later, after having explored and studied the contents of the buildings beneath, I now know that the same image was found on many of the buildings in Katalhayek, largely considered by ancient historians to be one of the very first human cities on the planet and, potentially, the birthplace of art itself. And friends, I know you are wondering what exactly this means, and I will of course be happy to tell you, but only when this bit of information is conducive to the narrative, and sadly, that time is not now, but we will get to it, I promise. For now, though, you need to know that as I walked through that bone-scattered street all black and gray with ash and filth, those white eyes seemed to fall upon my every step, peeking around ravaged alleys and the collapsed roofs of destroyed homes. The outlines began waving, hazy and mirage-like, bending and almost breaking the walls themselves, and just as they appeared to gain dimension, to become matter, they would suddenly fall back into the flat black paint, tricks of the light making a fool of my brain. The street began to crack and crumble beneath my feet as it sloped further down the closer I got to the center of town, and then, there before me, a giant crater, just this massive hole that broke completely open 300 or so feet from where I stood. The wind blew ash around me and tiny, barely formed tornadoes as it lashed against the walls of the crater. The air smelled of must and mildew. This section of town seemed free of the bones that littered every other square inch of the ground. The bodies either entirely incinerated in the blast or time took them down the hole. I considered turning back and returning with my team. If I was going to spelunk down to God knows what, safety should probably take priority, and as I turned on my heels to head back, the ground began shaking violently. I jumped backward just a second too late, and the ground that had only been cracking moments ago broke entirely beneath my feet, and I found myself, eyes locked on the sky above as I fell, kicking and screaming, into the caldera that swallowed Thilia so long ago. And then, friends, I closed my eyes and braced for the end as the air rushed by and sure enough, it came with a crash and the air left my lungs and I, well, friends, I was no more. My eyes flashed open and the world spun around me as I floated still in the air like the eye of a storm in reverse. Above me, a black shifting form flew toward me from the sky, blotting out the light and trading formlessness for a series of whirling fingers bent in on one another, clasping a contained galaxy of stars and cosmic dust. I had yet to breathe, just hung there in stasis as this strange space consumed me and became, well, nothing less than everything. <laughs> so, uh, how is it like being dead or whatever? Is it like everything you thought it would be? Stars whirled and churned around me. Better than nothing, I replied. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may change that opinion in the long run. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs>
I don't know. It's uh it's not the long run yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, I like you. Settle in then. Uh I'll be with you after a teabag these motherfuckers. You know how this should be. Give me just a minute. And at that time I actually did not know how it'd be. I had never heard of tea or the bags therein, and so I closed my eyes, said my thanks to the world for having me as a guest, and I let it all go. I could feel myself fall again, and while most of that time was a blur, I remember being surprised I could feel anything at all. I didn't know I was dead, had died, lived no more. There was this terrible sound all around me, screams and explosions and gunshots galore, but I just fell through it all and, unfortunately, never hit the bottom. Every time the sound of air rushing by changed spatial context, every time the pressure prepared me for the surface, for the bottom, whatever that bottom was, I would feel myself plucked up at thousands of miles an hour, sort of slapped upwards like being served in some celestial volleyball match and Every time that happened, a hearty laugh would erupt from that ether and more gunshots, more screams, and still a few explosions. I do not know how long this went on, maybe seconds, maybe years. I did not take a breath and my heart did not beat, though my brain seemed to function as usual aside from the whole processing fear business because I should have been fucking terrified, but I wasn't. Just a brave little corpse that could, waiting for the game, set, match. Or whatever the hell it's called in volleyball. I felt that black, chilly-fingered hand wrap around my body, tight enough that if I did have breath, it would have been gone then, and I was pulled out of the fall fling cycle and sat gingerly into what felt like a soft and very comfortable chair. The darkness behind my closed eyes became a bright red light, almost searing my vision, and I tried to force them open, but... <laughs> no, not, not yet, homie. That same laughing voice said, yet now it spoke in a sincere and semi-consolatory tone, as though whatever was speaking had had its fun and now just wanted me to listen. I mean, like, <laughs> before we get them papers open and you're able to see me in my infinitely kick-ass glory, I should prepare you. <laughs> At least a little. The red shade toned down to hot pink to pale pink and finally a clean and soothing white that flashed soft purple every couple of seconds. Where am I? I muttered softly, followed by a panic. Wait, wait don't. Am I dead? Like, am I really dead? I feel like I'm dead. <laughs> well, 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 what exactly is dead? Um, you know, no more. Ceasing to exist. Shuffled off the mortal coil. Shuffled <laughs> off the mortal coil. Do you feel like you've been shuffled off any mortal coils? Um, no, I, I, I don't suppose so. <laughs> But yes, you were 100% dead. <laughs> I mean, at least for like a little while. We're going to have a little convo and then we will decide together, you and me, if like dead is a state you'd rather stay in or if you want to go back to your world as like a shining beacon of hope and change. Like, 
MLK style. MLK style. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that preacher dude who has a dream or whatever. And they're just the worst roads ever named after you. You want to have some streets named in your honor? <laughs> LOL. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Can I open my eyes? Yet? Hold on. Hold your horses, buddy. Almost. I, I should probably warn you, though. What you will see is like not like anything you'd ever expect to see not not anything anyone should ever really expect to see but you people are all so fucking limited in your imagination anyway so can you maybe like prepare yourself for that or whatever how do you suppose i do that <laughs> well let's see okay let's try a uh, thought experiment like a visualization exercise you down with that Please just tell me when I'm going to breathe again. Yeah, just <laughs> look, I need you to just STF you for a minute. Let me get through this, okay? Fella, you're fucking up my concentration, okay? Sorry, man. I'm just trying to breathe. Okay. Number one, I'm not a man. Uh, number two, here we go. We're going to do a thought exercise, okay? You ready for a thought exercise? As the voice spoke, the words consumed my thoughts and jerked me away from that soft white and lilac flash. I want you to picture a desert. Black sand and cold dead like fires burned frantic in the distance and you can hear the screams of a thousand people trampled under the feet of the terrible monster. Wrapped in bloody fur, spotted red and black like a hyena from the depths of hell. Only one head though, not like a Cerberus type situation. Uh, Cerberus? Okay. Like, forget I said that. It was before your time. I forgot. Do I need to start over? No. You struggle to the top of the dune as the animal chews a hole through the side of a destroyed abode. Viscera dangling off its yellow teeth and catch the thing's eye. It gleams at you with a vile expression, a genocide smile that bounds toward you, earth shaking with every step. It sounds like war condensed to a growl, like every man, woman, and child that has ever died from now back 10,000 years. It sounds like misery that wants to kill its company. It sounds like plague, and it is coming after everything you've ever loved. I fought back against the picture tried pushing it from my occipital lobe. I yearned for not too long ago when I was bouncing cosmic and my brain would not process fear because in that moment fear was all I knew. Just pure indomitable terror rushed through me threatening to crack my dead flesh apart and become something new. Some vile, wretched thing that has no place on any plane of existence and as the red-speckled demon creature approached, a grin appearing on its gore-smeared face and opened its mouth. Then another splitting from the original as though teeth were cutting through other teeth and ripping gums and replicating again. As close to infinity as one person can count, a procession of filth and horror that would be too much for even the cold, blank stare of the universe. This terrible harbinger of unspeakable torment, a blight upon the skin of reality itself that has never focused on a single thing more than it is right now, you are the apple of its eye, and it cannot wait to taste the sin inside. My heart suddenly and frantically began to beat, blood warming my numb arms and legs, forcing life through me like the sophisticated bit of soft machinery that it is. With that blood, that life flowing through me, my terror intensified to something I had never felt before, a feeling that could almost materialize into matter, and if it did, that hideous red 
and black creature would be it. Okay, so are you like prepared or whatever? <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. I'm one, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> my eyes popped open and before me, locked onto my face, peering into whatever bit of soul this last few moments were two stark white eyes. <laughs> oh shit, LOL. <laughs> I had to go in there, didn't I? You look so bright and you look like so fucking scared. <laughs> oh, oh shit, thanks. Thank you for the laugh. I, <laughs> I needed that. I was shaking and my heart was still beating out of my chest. What was that then? What? The thing was in my brain, it was ripping me apart. It was ripping me apart. <laughs> oh, I know, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. Look, it's cool. Just a little joke between friends. That was my brother. Hopefully you two never crossed paths because he really fucking wanted to taste you. Like, when you're real bad, I can see it on his face. What is happening here? I sat in a room with glowing blue walls and what I know now are white and gold gamer chairs complete with built-in speakers on the headrest. Every square inch of the walls and floors were covered with television screens, each with a different moving picture of an explosion or dead body or strange planet or pieces of moving machinery speeding through crowded streets. Across from me, sitting in the opposite chair, was that same black outline from the surviving buildings, encompassing ever-shifting and expanding purple waves spiraling and coursing over the body-shaped black hole. The head appeared to be galactic dust, and in the center, those white holes, not quite glowing, but not quite flat either, and so full of expression. That's <laughs> <laughs> it, buddy. Look, look, some call me absence, some call me Horlithic, like that's my real name, I guess. But I prefer that handle from the good old days. At Voidbro669, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. And what's happening here is that I have a proposition for you. You can be the firebrand of the new world. You can change everything. All you gotta do is dig. Dig down and keep digging. The expression in the white eyes was earnest and focused. Just, just let me breathe again, and I will listen to you, I, I promise. Mm -hmm.